0: I was a broken thing Had a voice, had a voice But I could not sing Hello, wonderful people of the internet. Welcome to episode 77 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am the titular Stacey and joining me in the parlour... <laughs> did you just giggle at titular?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought you might have. It's why I always say it. <laughs> joining me in the parlour and giggling like a schoolgirl in the background there is a parlour regular and friend of the show and friend
1: of me. It's Nick Papa Constantino. Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: Did I say your name properly?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, it's fine. I think, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before, but no two people in my family say it the same way. So it's sort
0: of... Oh, that makes me feel a little bit better then, I suppose.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's Papacom sentino, sometimes it's ooh, and we've all got funny accents. Like my sisters both talk common, I talk posh. So we all say it a bit differently.
0: I talk brummy, So I imagine that's leaning more on the side of common.
1: No, I don't think. I mean, I think that's what people think. I don't think that's true. I have heard you. You can talk posh when you want to. I th- I think it's just an accent and it's fine.
0: Yeah. How are you doing, <laughs> Nick?
1: I'm okay. Are we Are we quite low energy? Does it feel quite low energy? Are we both quite tired? I feel like we're both quite tired.
0: We are. We are both quite t- Well, I mean, I can't speak on your behalf, but considering you just said that, I'm going to assume you are also quite tired. <laughs>
1: I'm at that stage in uh, coffee consumption. I have to be careful. Every few months, I have to cut back drastically on coffee. And I think I'm on the verge of that where I had a coffee, uh, just before we started recording, uh, just a, like just an instant coffee, nothing posh. And I'm at that, that stage in my relationship with coffee where I'll have one and it'll just make me tired. It's just not working anymore. I'm literally, literally just dr- taking in caffeine to sustain sustain myself at a basic level rather than getting any uh, bonus from it. But I did, we were talking a little bit before about a, you had a sneeze which was transformative.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not the most transformative sneeze, sneeze I've ever had because I, I did sneeze a tooth out once.
1: My goodness I did
0: not know that. <laughs> I mean it was loose to begin with and I was a child but I thought it was possibly the funniest thing that had ever happened to anybody <laughs> No, I did. I, I don't know what happened to me. Literally moments before we started talking to each other, I did a sneeze that has given me all of the head-based aches and pains and snots, and I feel like I'm coming on with like a full-blown, like heavy cold, mild flu, baby type thing. Oh no! Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, I think I sound okay, which is good because I hate when I listen back to podcasts to edit them and I'm talking like this. <laughs> it's just it's. Ugh.
1: I think you sound, I think you sound fine. Uh, I, I think, um, I get quite often recently, I just feel a little bit sick out of nowhere. And, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure if it's something I should go to a, a doctor with or if I don't know how I'd describe it. Cause it's just like, Oh, I just feel a bit. Meh, meh. That's all. Uh, yeah, I, uh,
0: yeah. Tiredness. Like I am, um, <laughs> I did a quiz earlier because I was bored on the bus and it was oh. like, Apparently, there's this psychologist in America that reckons that there are only four types of personalities, and they all correspond to a colour.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I came out. I came out as orange, and it was actually spookily accurate. But the very last thing it said under orange was, uh, "Due to their anxieties, orange personality types are prone to uh, digestive issues." And I was like, oh, shit, man, this thing's got me." Because <laughs> 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 you would not believe the number of times at work that people have been like, "Where's Stacey?" Got oh, she having a bit of a tongue
1: trouble again. <laughs> I think. I mean, I quite. I no. I quite often. I quite often have that. So I, I don't really. I don't really want to go to a doctor. A doctor with anything um, that isn't concrete, because I went to a doctor a couple of years ago with just just feeling a little bit breathy and thought I was having anxiety attacks, and they diagnosed me with asthma, which apparently I've got now in my uh, like uh, my early forties at that point. Uh, but then the the next time I went to the doctor, I said I think I'm autistic. And I went through this like several month thing of getting tested and stuff. And it turns out I'm not autistic. So I know you've heard this before, Stacey, but like but that, was, uh-huh. that was my last experience of going to a doctor. And so I, I want to I make sure that the next time I go, I've got something that's a bit easier to, easier to diagnose. So.
0: <laughs> the problem is, is if it's to diagnose, you probably know what's wrong before you go and you don't really need to, to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, mostly I only go to doctors for attention anyway. So it's sort of.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, I, because of my natural instinct to think the absolute worst of any given situation, mm. I go to the doctors quite a lot. Because I'll be like, "Oh God, I've got a pain in my back. It's probably cancer." <laughs> 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 I am the absolute worst. I had to go um, to the doctors today actually for an ultrasound on a lump on my back that um, my doctor was convinced was a cyst mm-hmm. and was like. We'll get an ultrasound just to make sure, but like 99% sure it's a cyst. But then as soon as the guy – and I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's going to be a cyst. I've had one before. It's going to be the same thing. It's fine. But then as soon as I lay down on that bed and he started squirting the jelly stuff on my back, I was like, oh, what if it's not a cyst though? Oh, no. <laughs> I started like properly freaking out.
1: Have you had the results back?
0: Well, here's an interesting factoid for you about the ultrasound service that runs at my GP surgery.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Is that the people that do the ultrasounds uh, can't read them. That's weird. It is, isn't it? So the guy was like, Hey, there's like a black blob here, so like that's the lump and I was like, Great, what is it? He was like, I don't know, a lump (laughs) I was like
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, he was, I was like, what do you mean you don't know? It's just a lump. And he was like, well, it doesn't look sinister, if that's what you're thinking. And I was like, <laughs> well, if it's just a black," Because he was showing it me on the screen, and he was like, you see that white squiggly line? That's your skin, and that's what it's supposed to look like. And then you see this little black blobby there that's not the same as the rest. I was like, yeah, he was like, that's your lump. And I was like, okay, what would it look like if it was sinister? And he was like, well, you know, like a black blo- blobby. <laughs> I, was <like-BLANK_ Avengers> I was like, what are you doing? But he's, he said, because of how uh, close to the skin it is, Right. it is most likely a cyst, because if it was a sinister lump, it would be coming from something within probably.
1: Oh, so this all sounds very, like, I mean, sinister doesn't sound like a very scientific word anyway. Do you think
0: really, no. that he
1: thought you were worried that you were possessed or something?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I did have that experience where I thought there was a ghost in my kitchen, so.
1: all right,
0: I was going to say, I talked about that last time, but, um, well, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh god, I'm so pathetic. Are you aware of Adam Ellis?
1: The name rings a bell.
0: Well, he's a like webcomic guy whose comics always get shared all over Facebook and and Twitter and stuff.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it, it's like adorable comedy comics about, you know those kind that you see where it's like, oh, a uh, winter fashion expectation and it's like this gorgeous lady in a beautiful coat with a delightful hat and she's posing really fancily and looking really cozy. And then it's uh-huh. like actual winter fashion and it's like a pudgy person in like a mitchell man style big poofy coat and loads of layers
1: yeah i know the sort
0: yeah it's like those kind of comics but recently he's been well since august actually he's been um detailing a haunting that he believes is happening to him on twitter and like i don't believe in ghosts mm-hmm. but as soon as anything spooky occurs that i can't automatically explain in a rational manner, I start to get inordinately freaked out, even though I don't believe in ghosts. And um, and he hmm. posted some pictures the other day of uh of photos that he apparently took in his sleep while he was dreaming about the kid that was haunting his house. And the kid is in the photos, and it's the spookiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And then when I was showing it to a friend at work, um, it made my phone shut down, and I can't. Co- <laughs> <laughs> like he was literally Just looking at the images And everything went black and, and, and scary And I was like I don't know It's like my phone's haunted So now I'm just convinced I'm haunted By somebody else's haunting
1: <laughs> that's, that's weird
0: Isn't it That Because my phone's like My phone's fine like And it came back on Straight away It wasn't like the battery died Or anything like and And it's freaking me out simply because like this haunting can't be happening it can't be real because it's too scary I mean, that's
1: that's <laughs> literally not how ghosts work, is it? That's the thing
0: well, yeah, and I mean, but the other thing is is I can't figure out what his end game is if it's not a genuine thing because right. his comics are nothing like. Like, this is very serious and very scary, whereas his comics are, like, very jokey and very funny and very brightly coloured and adorable. And so... And it's a very long game to be playing, like, from August, for it to be, like, a promotional thing.
1: I don't Maybe know. Maybe it's, like, Ghost Watch though. Like, that thing that I've never watched, but that had Janet <laughs> Field. It was all people off Blue Peter and Michael Aspel and stuff on it who were all from, Light entertainment, and they were suddenly doing a show about this cosy haunting, and, um... I mean it's famous. I've still never watched it.
0: I started to watch it once, but then a friend of mine freaked out at a bit where you could sort of see a ghost near a curtain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's but that's what all of those people are remembered for now. It's not it's not for being like daytime T V presenters or whatever whatever. It's like um it's for that. So maybe he's trying to maybe he's trying to change things up. We all contain multitudes, don't we? Maybe. Or maybe he is being haunted.
0: He has got like a ton of Twitter followers from it, so maybe it's just that. <laughs> maybe he just or loves a beer of attention.
1: <laughs> he may be experiencing a breakdown in public. It's it's always possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of possibilities here really, aren't there?
1: <laughs> I'd hate for anything. I'd hate to wish anything bad like that on anyone but the state of the world at the moment. Just someone going common or garden like crazy, like insane. Would almost be reassuringly normal compared to all of the other stuff that's going on. So this um is very true. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't I I did I, I wasn't is he does he do like those college humor and that, that sort of thing, the, the um college humour and darkly style cartoons?
0: Yeah, I'll send you some links afterwards and then if you want to see some spooky child photos. I'm convinced that's all Photoshop, though, because, like, here's the thing: he's an artisty graphic designer type bloke, mm. so he's gonna have at least a, you know, a fairly good working knowledge of a Photoshop, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and maybe he's maybe he's just downloaded the newest version and got a bit excited, got a bit carried away.
0: Maybe. It's
1: got loads. I don't know. I don't know what the new features are. We could probably Google it, and if one of the features is uh, uh, <laughs> insert <filter>. scary dead uh, <laughs> children into things. <laughs>
0: Um, I think the thing that I find the spookiest about it is that um, the kid that he's seen has got a, a dented head. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's just. It's really weird. I don't know what to make of it.
1: What did I see? Where a person had a dented head? I can't remember. No, that's not useful. That's one of those images that now <laughs> I've got it in my head, and I, I can't think where where I got it from. There was definitely something with a person. It was like, um, I mean, and you're getting you're getting to be older but i'm Shut where up. where i'm where i'm proper old now there's still loads of stuff that like there are certain special effects from down through time where you look at them and they've like especially practical effects where you look at them and they've aged really well like the edit in scanners where the man's head blows up which you, even if you haven't seen the film you've probably seen the the footage mm-hmm. in loads of places the cut is so good that it's still really You know how they did it, obviously, but it's still quite convincingly done. It's quite good. But I'm quite often, you know, now that we're at a point where they can pretty much literally show anything in a film (laughs) or on a TV (laughs) program, and it's really just limited to the amount of money they could spend on, like, post-production to make it all look seamless or, like, the imagination or skill of the people doing it, I seem to see a lot of things a lot of things that I just we were watching uh, we watched the first episode Mindhunter the other day right it's almost on topic for the podcast (laughs) and um, I don't know if you've seen it but it's a Netflix show and um, it's I think David Finch has maybe made the whole thing but it's basically about the birth of the I think of the criminal like the FBI's profiling uh, program Mm -hmm. so it's set in the late 70s but it starts with this hostage situation that that takes a turn very, very quickly. And it's like also I'm I'm of a particular temperament where I literally think in terms of whether something was a good uh head exploding effect. That's like <laughs> <laughs> And in and in Mindhunter there's a moment where I'm watching it thinking, well, I mean, I'm sure that's just a cut. That's just a really good edit, but it's I've never seen anything quite like it. It really was impressive. And it's um I seem to have moments because what I was getting about the age is I still remember when like we had to be convinced by stop motion effects in old Sinbad movies because that was literally all there all there was. Yeah. So now that we live in a world where they can literally put anything they imagine on screen, I'm still just in – when people are complaining about films because, oh, the plots didn't work properly or something like that, I still spend a lot of time going, but we're literally watching X fly through Z and end up back at A while simultaneously looping through Seventy-two different realities. this is impressive stuff. <laughs> just be grateful for what we're watching. It's amazing. I haven't seen Speed Racer yet, but that's supposedly one of the films that people think is really, really uh, shit. And every time I've seen a trailer of it, the reason I haven't ended up watching it is because I'm like, it just looks too amazing. I don't think <laughs> I could watch it.
0: It's like refresh my memory on what Speed Racer is because I feel like I've seen it and I quite liked it.
1: It was a it was um, the Wachowskis made it. And it's uh, a um, a movie version of a really famous anime about uh, just pe- like people racing. And it's all like John Goodman's in it, I think. Yeah, I've seen it. It's really good. Yeah, you see, that's what I mean. And like um, Valer, I haven't watched Valerian yet either, but that's another one where I see the trailers and I'm like, well, even if the acting is completely shit and the story's a bit rubbish, <laughs> I'm. So- how can we be jaded about the stuff that we're getting to see on screen now? It's bizarre.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much know. how I felt when I went to see Avatar because, like, <laughs> I came out of it with my mom, and she was like, "That was all right, wasn't it?" And I was like, "Well, like, you know, not really, but God, it was pretty though."
1: <laughs> like, yeah,
0: like most most of the film was pretty shit, but it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, like we exist in a world where in a in an environment where we can watch a uh, golem or Dobby, or or even Jar Jar Binks. We can watch Jar Jar Binks, and the thing we don't like about him is how annoying he is. Not that <laughs> he's clearly not really... He's just... he's <laughs> It's convincing enough now that they can make an annoying character out of CGI. That's impressive, and that was like 15 years ago. They can make them so annoying now. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> I always feel um, intrigued by how actors get through any sort of scene with characters that aren't there because I can't imagine being able to act properly against like a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs> like, it just seems how do you even do an acting properly?
1: It's the magic of acting. It's that that's why it's called acting. It's <laughs> you see this is the thing. It's like someone who someone who um like I'm trying to I'm trying to think of an example. Jason Lee will never get enough credit for starring opposite 3 CGI chipmunks. Even though he's literally starring against three CGI chipmunks who didn't really exist. Whereas Kevin Spacey, who gets like loads and loads of plaudits for playing convincing assholes who are a bit creepy <laughs> and sleazy, apparently wasn't really doing anything. He was just turning up and being him. So Jason <laughs> Lee is clearly the better actor. Uh, and like, so are all those guys who starred opposite CGI, uh, not CGI, stop motion skeletons in Jason and the Argonauts and stuff like that. Mm. It's a skill. If anyone could do it, everyone would be doing it, wouldn't they?
0: That is very true.
1: That's what I reckon. I can't really understand how you managed to make yourself sound all posh for a radio play type thing. <laughs> I think that's really impressive. I couldn't do that.
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm not very good at it. Like <laughs> the uh, one of the one of the things that I noticed when I was trying to do Reagan and Starburst was that I can't keep an accent up for very long. <laughs> mm-hmm. so every now and <laughs> then, I fall completely out of it and be like, "Oh, g- give me a sec." <laughs> <laughs> there's also and I I don't know if it made the bloopers or not but there's also there was also a small problem in that like you had to be really close to the mic for everything to like you know work mm-hmm. but then my boobs kept knocking the mic stands and causing <laughs> clinky noises and I was like I don't like I can't help like my, you know these are my boobs
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have that problem uh, now that I've stopped podcasting naked um the i uh I have a similar problem though because obviously i read stories to i read stories to my sons quite a lot at bedtime and I'm very aware that I'm not consistent even during one telling I'm not consistent with the voices <laughs> so I can do it when it's something like bing or or something that's that's characters off the telly. I know what they're supposed to sound like in my head so i'm i'm all right i i'm quite i don't sound like them but I consistently know how I would do their voice sort of thing. But when it's like a Dr. Seuss book or something like that, I'm aware that I'm I'm pinging around all over the place and I'm not being consistent at all with the voices.
0: See, this is why I have such admiration for voice actors because, like, you know, there are some voice actors out there who've got, like, upwards of 500 characters under their belt and somebody will be like, oh, can you do that song that you did from that show from, like, 30 years ago? And they'll just, like... Slide right into it, and I'm like, how, how are you even? How are you even doing that? It's amazing.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? It, it is. I, I do. I do find that really. I find that really, really strange. And even the guys who do uh, re- not repetitive characters, that's not right. But recurring characters on things like comedy, Bang Bang. Mm i know we i think we talked about comedy bang bang on on your show before actually but um but but those guys who do recurring characters on shows like that i think it's amazing i know that normally they find a way into it they've got a particular phrase that manages to or something that that helps them find a way into doing most voices the same way people do with impressions but it's i just my brain just doesn't work like that and i can't do voices either that's um you know, James does voices. I can't do them.
0: I have like three voices. There's like my natural voice, my mm-hmm. fancy voice, and my impression of um, what's her face from Teen Girl Squad. Did you ever watch uh, Teen Girl Squad on the old internet?
1: I don't think I did. Teen Girl Squad.
0: Yeah. So basically, what it is is there was um, a what's it called flash animation website called Homestar Runner that had a character called Strong bad and he was like a, a sort of he looked like a sort of Nacho Libre style wrestler with boxing gloves, and he used to do weird shit.
1: I remember him.
0: Okay, one of the things that he did was he created his own like animation within that animation, uh, which was mm. a TV show that he made called Teen Girl Squad, and it had um, <laughs> it had cheerleader. What's her face? I can't remember what the other one was called. And then there was the ugly one. And it always used to crack me up because they're all stick figures, but the ugly one genuinely looks like me. Um, but, oh. but there's a character in it called What's-A-Face it talks like this. Yes, this is What's-A-Face. And that's about as close as, like, it's like clearly Strong Bad doing a girl's voice. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's like, it's the only voice I can do. There's not my own voice. <laughs>
1: I have, uh, like, I mean, I do, I, I do odd voices for the monsters and stuff like that in my, in my uh, kids' books, and I'm pretty sure that if I record it, if I heard them back, they'd just sound like me, like just slightly deeper. But I've got, I've got quite a well-spoken voice for when I'm talking on the phone, and I've got my normal voice, which I think is this one, which is just a little bit sort of, I start dropping hard consonants a little bit left and right, but it's still. It's just a bit easier than my posh voice and then I have my voice for when I'm talking to and like at the moment where I work I'm dealing with students more than I used to and quite a lot of them are big burly lads who are doing sports court like sports uh fitness courses or whatever and uh, so whenever I'm around blokes whenever I'm around lads or whatever my voice kind of goes like this and it happens really really quickly I just I just don't talk like me at all it's really really strange and it happens at the drop of the hat I don't even they don't even need to talk. I just need to look at them and think, oh, I've got to be a bloke now. I can talk like this. It's all right. No worries, mate. It's fine. And I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know who I even am in those moments. I can't remember if we've talked about this, but um, I've started saying no worries. I don't know where that came from because I've I managed to exist in a post-neighbours world for the last 30 years, and i never said it before, <laughs> but I've started saying it in the last two or three months. No worries. And also... Yeah, I can't remember if we talked about this. I say Yarp a lot at the moment. That isn't me. I don't say Yarp. What? I've never quoted Red Dwarf or anything like that. That's not me. I don't know where it's come from.
0: I don't even know what Yarp means.
1: I think it's from Hot Fuzz. It just means yes. It's just a quirky way of saying yes for people for whom yes isn't good enough, apparently. <laughs> it's, it's, isn't, isn't quirky enough. And it's like how can I, it's really off brand for me because I'm the guy who still complains about getting food delivered at restaurants, not on plates. And yet I say, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what is going on. I really, I really don't feel very isolated at the moment and, and, and weird, <laughs> not because of this, phone just in general.
0: I can't imagine ever being in a situation where I feel like saying YARP would work.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know how it's happened. It's like, are you listening, Nick? Yar, it's that sort of thing. It's just an indication that I am, I am here. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I keep looking yeah. at my notes, and the first thing, uh, the first thing that it says is "transformative poo," which I really thought you talking about your sneeze would lead into. But well, I feel like the moment's passed a bit.
0: I mean, you can talk about your transformative poo if you like. I'm not going to stop you.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say that because it seemed noteworthy and the sort of thing I talked to you about that about an hour before we started recording i um i had because most of the time at the moment i'm so tired that i'm just kind of going through the motions of everything and i'm not really awake when i'm having my shower and i'm sure i wee and poo at the regular rate the rest of the time but i'm not really taking it in it's just a and earlier on i uh, earlier on today i think maybe i needed the toilet while i was on the bus but i managed to like in, in not to get too stressful so I got in through the door and I went and had a poo and it was one of those poos that is so substantial that you just feel a bit like empty and med- like you've been meditating or something like you've <laughs> completely cleared mm-hmm. and so I felt a bit lighter but also a bit sick that's why you made me think of it when you said the thing about um sneezing I felt feel a little bit I felt a little bit wobbly afterwards but in a kind of a good way do you- do you know what I mean when I say that?
0: I, th- I think I do. So kind of like when you feel like so sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like cleansed, that it's yeah. actually leaving you feeling a bit discombobulated because it's not your usual state of being.
1: Well, yeah, and it's easier than it quite often is these days because I'm 45 and I have a crappy diet. <laughs> 44, sorry. And I have an awful diet and I don't look after myself. Yeah, basically, yeah. it's It was sort of, I felt very, like, like everything whooshed. Through me, like I was a, a, for a moment, I was both at one and completely outside of the universe. That's what it felt like.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a, a good time of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, as mentioned earlier, I have been having uh, many a tummy trouble <laughs> of late, yeah. and so uh, I quite often have poos that feel amazing just because they're regular old poos. Uh- <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I think maybe that's it. Maybe just I've – because I have similar – I sort of have similar issues, I think. But, like, um, so – I don't know what it is about podcasters. Is it that anxious, anxious people who have issues with their bodies or whatever end up doing – I don't know, really. But, um, yeah, I think maybe – that's it just it's quite difficult and fidgety and whatever the rest of the time and this is just easy i don't know should should we be talking about other stuff this is a pop culture <laughs> it's not a poo culture podcast
0: ha um <laughs> 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 puns. have you got any notes about things that are actually relating to uh, pop culture type business
1: yeah so i just dropped my pen so th- there was uh I don't know. I don't know which episode it was we talked about this, but you know how bad I am at sm- like how bad I am at talking, like at conversation. So I I note things like, "Hello, how are you doing?" and all of that stuff because I can't rely on myself to say it. And I was expecting you to ask me how I was, and I wrote, uh, "I'm in that weird state of uh, of geekdom or whatever, where I didn't love Stranger Things as much as I should have, and I don't think I'll hate Justice League as much as so I'm going to be meant to." <laughs> Because those things, those things are both true. But um, did you watch Stranger Things?
0: I did. I did. I actually finished it uh, Sunday. Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it a lot. I think I enjoyed it more than the first series, and I mm-hmm. enjoyed the first series a lot because I think it felt more like its own thing rather than like a bunch of nostalgic reference-y times. If that makes any sort of
1: sense, it kind of does. I think. Um, I think I enjoyed the second series more. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was, it might even have been, it might even have been roughly the same thing we we were both feeling, but it's like, it was more that I felt it had all the same issues that the first series did, but I was just glad to be back with those characters. The feeling I got while we were watching it, especially by, especially by the end really was that, um, I think they did a really, really good job of casting. Mm Mm-hmm. And the production design is really good, and I think that masks an awful lot of deficiencies in like the way it's written and stuff. Like, because oh. I'm not sure the di- I'm not sure that the dialogue is particularly good, and I'm not sure the plotting is particularly good. But I love pretty much every character because the actors are doing such a good job. If you get me, yeah, yeah. So. So characters that really I probably probably should have annoyed me and weren't really served very well, like um, is it Bob, Sean Aston's character?
0: Oh yeah, I loved Bob.
1: Yeah, I, I just I absolutely loved um I absolutely loved him, but he was kind of I think if it if it had been a different performer and they'd done a different performance, that character would have been like, well, what was I mean, really what was the point of him, though? He was kind of a fifth fifth wheel but he wasn't a fifth wheel because the performer did such a good job and like characters like max i really liked max but it felt like they introduced her to try and do something that they never really did with her so she just ended up kind of i don't know i i don't know like um i think we really my wife and i really really wanted to see dustin and that back because we we loved them so much in the first series but actually i don't i don't really know what the show is about, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I can see where you're coming from. I, uh, I'm i wondering how much to spoil this. I'm going to spoil it, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. The ending of Series 2 kind of uh, made me feel like the rest of the series was more of a sort of almost a trailer for Series 3, <laughs> in that Ooh. you feel like Series 2 is going to be all about that monster with the big old legs that looks like a weird sort of tree, spider, giant shadow thing. And mm. then actually the series isn't really anything about that at all, is it?
1: <laughs> no, well, but then that's the thing. It's unclear. So there's a lot of really cool set up for what's going on with Eleven. You find out she's in a cabin, but then that relationship, like the resolution of the relationship between her and the, the sheriff really happens without them being in a room with each. Like Mm. they go off and learn other things and then come back together. And yeah, I mean, and, and it, it feels like there's going to be a love triangle between Dustin and Max and, um, the other lad. But in the end, Dustin goes off and does his own shit. And then they try and pull back the love triangle a little bit later on. But really it's like, well, but you've been off with the Demogorgons for all that like it's. <laughs> yeah. You're off with Steve. You clearly weren't that bothered sort of thing. There were there were lots of I felt like if I talk about it there were loads of moments in it that I really really like but they're kind of just hanging in space like um in the final episode there's a lovely moment where the is it Wills? No, it's not Will's sister. You know the the grown-up girl, the older teenage girl whose name I forget, Nancy. who's in her own love triangle. Yeah there's a bit where there's a bit where she goes and she has a moment with Dustin and it's really, really, am I getting Dustin's name, right? Yeah, it is Dustin, isn't Yeah. Where she has a moment with him and it's a really, really cute moment. And it's a really nice thing and everything. And it's like, but there was literally no indication that those two characters even noticed <laughs> each other, the rest of the series <laughs> at, at all. Where did that come from? Like it's, there's, there's loads of odd little bits like that. I don't know. But, I love that cast. Steve was amazing. I love Steve. I don't know where that came from.
0: Steve and his hair. Core, blimey. The thing is, a lot of people were going on about how Steve in Series 1 was like a dickhead, and they're like, oh, yeah, nobody likes Steve, but now he's amazing. I was like, he wasn't that much of a dickhead when you think that his main beef was that there was a dude who does actually look like a creep following his girlfriend around and taking photos of her. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's a legitimate thing to be upset about, I think.
1: Well, yeah. And I, but I think that's the thing. He's, it's like, because I think, I think people pick up on the really like the, the clear references to, to 1980s, 1980s films and, well, mainly films, not the TV. They pick up on the really like clear references to it. But I think the thing that I really, really registered in the second series, and it's made me think that there was probably loads more of it in the first series. And Steve was probably, probably one of those things where the duffer brothers know what that character's supposed to look like or supposed to behave like because they've seen lots of films and programs with the jock the jock boyfriend in them but then they never quite deliver it that way because and maybe maybe they're deliberately subverting those archetypes but I'm not sure that's necessarily what's going on i just think that all of the characters are quite nice and there's not as much conflict between them as maybe they they set up in the first place do you see what i mean it's yeah, yeah. it's uh the thing that really struck me and maybe i'll put too much importance on it but it's because it really bugged me is um and it is they are quite short seasons so everything that's in them you like kind of does you do pick up on it more than you would across a 22 episode series there's a bit where max has just recently met the boys and they grudgingly seem to like each other and then her brother picks her up, or her stepbrother picks her up, and they see them in the car on the way home. Uh, that you know, the the brother sees they're in the car on the way home, and they see the boys on the bikes. Yeah. So he speeds up and goes to run them over, and she sort of swerves. and And there's this clear thing where, on the one hand, she doesn't want to see, she doesn't want him to hurt these boys, but on the other hand, it's like you you really feel that, like, well, she also she's just trying, she's only just started making friends, and now this guy's gonna. Like this, this guy's going to ruin that for her because he's going to try and run. It. Literally, none of the guys ever mentioned that. They clearly recognise the car, but that scene is never mentioned again at yeah. any point. It's really, really weird.
0: I had a problem with the, with the brother character, if I'm honest though, because I, you know, I said to Rich, I understand that they were obviously going for, you know, he was supposed to be a dickhead and you were supposed to hate him. Yeah. But like there was a moment where it seemed like they were trying to make you sympathise with him for a bit because his dad. Like, smacks him around a bit and tells him to, like, fucking, you know, chill yeah, out. Yeah, he's and go abusive and because
1: he's the son of an abuser, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, then, but then later, like, like his abuse is so entirely disproportionate. Like, I'm not saying the dad should slap him around because he let his sister, like, climb out of a window. That's mm. not at all acceptable. But, like, being cross that a girl has gone missing and the brother doesn't care is an entirely different thing to plowing down four kids on a bike just because. Yeah. Yeah like and 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 the brother goes on to do even more like horrendous shit for basically no reason and i just Hmm. like he was almost like a caricature and he stuck out like a bit of a sore thumb to me i didn't i didn't like his character but not for the reasons they wanted me to dislike his character if that makes sense
1: yeah i think um i think that's the thing i think for me that just it's just it's just the way my brain works when i'm uh when i'm watching things like this like because of the glitches in the show around them make me start noticing that the rest of the show is a bit like that as well. There are, there are lots of those little things where they wanted to have this character, but they don't really know that they have that character in it because they remember Kiefer Sutherland in, um, stand by me and lost boys or whatever, but they don't really know why that character is the way he is like, uh, and he's clearly racist, but -hmm. they never actually have him be explicitly racist. It's really weird. Like, He's he's clearly that's clearly why he specifically doesn't want Max hanging out with again, I've forgotten his name. That's Lucas. Awful. <laughs> Lucas. And it it's really clear that's what they're going for with him, but then mm. they never really actually have him explicitly say it. And then they have you supposedly try and feel sympathy for him later on in the series as well. And it's just and it's just really weird. And there's loads of little bits like and like there's a scene where like Dustin's full blown Cartman in this series. And it's really, really weird. Like you find out that he's he's uh, he's got a single mum, and there's a cat in the house as well, which is very cartman manny. But then he's just cussing. He's just cussing out the parents of his friends without thinking twice about it. And it's really weird. Yeah. There's a there's a scene where he tells one of them that he's just a useless asshole or something like that. And you're like, <laughs> when did that become a way that these kids talk to grown ups? That's really weird. Oh, I loved it. I do, I mean, and I do, and I love him, but it's like, I think I love him because the actor does such a good job. And I mean, you shouldn't really let, like, the, the world outside the show isn't really relevant to, like, what whether or not the show's any good, but the kids all seem like pretty cool, well-adjusted kids who all support each other and stuff like that. And it makes it makes you feel better about liking the show, I think, a little bit as well, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, um, I, I liked it. I'm looking forward to the next series, but it's just disproportionately like it's an all right show that is elevated by some really good acting and uh, some really good performances and, um, some great, like some of the effects are really good and some of the, some of the sound engineering and the, the soundtrack and stuff is really, really good. But, um, but it's an average show that's elevated because of that rather than being one of those just amazingly written shows, if you see what I mean. Maybe that's enough. Like I like Zack Snyder films, so I guess I can't really like not everything has to be really well written, does it:
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can forgive badly written things if everything else about them is good. It's where, yeah, it's when you get into the territory where you know other bits of the production are dropping the ball, and you're like, nah, this mm. is just terrible
1: <laughs> yeah, I um it's funny actually, because I've got a couple of other shows that like that you know, you know sci-fi. The sci fi channels always had a bit of a reputation for sort of fairly ropey looking and campy TV shows. Yeah. And I think, I think actually, like, I think that's still the case. I think there is still this slightly schlocky nature to a lot of the stuff uh, that they have on. But I've been watching, um, I've been, I just finished the second season of a show called Winona Winona Earp. Right. And, um, I've just started the second season of a show called Van Helsing, which are both, they're both almost identical. Like the pitch for both of them is almost identical in the case of Wynona Earp. Uh, uh Wynona Earp is the latest, uh, is the latest heir of, uh, the, the uh, the, and carrier of the, uh, Wire Earp curse. Basically, Wire Earp, the famous lawman. It's based on a comic. Mm-hmm. And, and the pitch is really like, post Buffy like it's you can see all of the different composite parts of this of this pitch she's um uh, a reluctant hero who's ended up stuck with this curse where uh Wyatt uh killed all of these outlaws and then um with his gun which I think is called Lawbringer or whatever and uh, or maybe that's Judge Dredd's gun I'm I'm confused and um (laughs) she like and and I think with the last person Wire Earp killed or something was um turned out to be a demon who it's this really elaborate curse where there's this town called Purgatory, which is where Wyre where Wyatt Earp did all this. And basically Wire Earp and the heirs of Wire Earp are cursed to forever all of the people he killed with this gun come back as demons, and basically they're they're locked in this thing where the the, the heirs of Wire Earp always have to kill these demons and the only thing that can kill them is the gun and basically when the the air dies i'm probably mispronouncing the word air anyway the the offspring uh when they die all of those demons come back and then the next air has to come and and it's just it's a really weird it's not a weird premise it's a really like cobbled together premise and Doc Holliday, who's an immortal is still around, who's another like old famous cowboy. It's such a stupid premise. I feel a bit weird just, just describing <laughs> it because it's so stupid. Um, and some of the production values on it are a little bit like, I guess it's equivalent to Buffy, but 20 years after Buffy sort of thing. There's, there's no really transfor- the there. Uh, I'm not going to use the word transform, transformative again. We've used it to describe sneezes and poos. There's. <laughs> There's no really amazing special effects in this show or anything like that but it's another show that is completely rescued for me by the cast and the chemistry between the cast is really good and you watch the first episode and you're not sure it will be because it's all very stagey and it feels like people are delivering their lines and you're not really sure how they're all going to fit together but then you realize after about two or three episodes that even if the show is sometimes a bit daft or simple they're all having so much fun and they're all really, really good. And I've been watching it the second the second season and thinking that the woman who plays Winona Earp, whose name I completely forget, she's like this tall, handsome brunette woman. You know, I say handsome and that's that normally means like a striking person. And she's still Hollywood, so she's still like gorgeous or whatever. But like not tiny little blonde features gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I watch it and I think, you know, I'd be way more interested in a second season of Jessica Jones if she was playing the character instead of the person they actually have playing the character, which is sort of, I, I think, I, I think people really like Jessica Jones and I quite like the first season, but it feels very, the thing I liked about Buffy was everything's quite light until it isn't, until it gets dark and you believe the darker moments because you've come to really like those characters during the lighter moments, if that makes. Yeah. a bit of sense yeah so they're quipping and stuff like that and it's it's all leavened with that sort of thing and with jessica jones they like her version of hard her version of hard nosed and and um and like sarcastic detective is very it it feels really like uh, i don't know it feels really like acting to me right. i know that sounds ridiculous because it is acting <laughs> obviously it's acting but it's uh, whereas uh, the the thing that's really interesting about One in Owner Up, which is why I think the first episode I really wasn't sure what I was watching, is they're kind of making it look effortless. The characterization is actually pretty good, but they're all just really into it. If that if that makes sense, does that make sense?
0: It does. I don't know if
1: it makes sense.
0: I tried to read the comic version of that and thought it was terrible, and therefore have not looked at the TV show.
1: Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> And I mean, the TV show might be, I, I wasn't impressed by the first episode of the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little, it's a little bit like Spartacus in that I was just, I was just like, well, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced by a lot of this. It seems a little bit hokey, but, um, I think maybe that dropped my expectations by the second episode and I was just able to enjoy. Also, there's a character. I can't remember her name. It's, um, it's Winona's, uh, younger sister who, Is kind of delivered a little bit like the cheeky, bubbly, uh, bubbly little geeky sister in the first episode, which is an annoying archetype. But then by the second or third episode, it's impossible not to fall in love with her because she's (laughs) such a, she's so, she's such a sweetheart, but she's so smart and like stuff like that as well. I like it. I really like it. So I finished that, the second season of that, and that was fun. And it's really sort of acerbic and, sarcastic and stuff like that which is quite cool and then van helsing is a really similar premise because it's about the not ancestor the other way around the descendant of mr van helsing who's the guy who captured <laughs> tra- what was his name victor oh, van helsing that can't be right
0: no i think it i think it was something like that claude van dam helsing <laughs> vincent van helsing um vincent yeah,
1: van helsing
0: I don't know. It, that Victor's feels right, but I don't know why.
1: But like the um the pitch for it, when you read when you read the tagline for this show, it says it says the descendant of Victor Van Helsing it, it finds themselves having to fight a vampire outbreak in the present day. And you're like, there's literally no need for this character to be Van Helsing. Like it's just <laughs> it's just such a ridiculous idea. And then you watch the first episode, and it's. And because it sounds like the pitch for Buffy or for wine owner up it just sounds like another one of those pitches basically one of those post buffy bit post buffy pitches and then you watch the first episode and it's it's set after it's basically after an apocalypse there's some sort of um like something like Yellowstone or whatever you know one of those um I can't remember what they're called, but the, the, the sort of geezer type things that they're constantly, the super volcanoes or whatever that are constantly threatening to, to explode. Mm. One of those happens and it kicks off, uh, it kicks off dust that completely volcanic dust that completely like darkens the whole of uh, it's set in America. So I guess it might be just be America, but it might be the whole world. And then that means that it's permanently night. So basically all the vampires come up and they take over Mm. and it starts five years or a few years after that. And you, you see that there's this military, uh, that there's this, um, military unit hold up in this hospital, protecting it from these vampires. And it's like a post, it's like a zombie apocalypse, basically, except with vampires. Mm -hmm. And they're looking after this, um, this woman who's comatose, uh, who seems to have special sort of like, uh, recuperative powers or whatever seems to be immune to the vampire virus or, or whatever. And, and she's the she's Vanessa Helsing, who is the the titular character, except that they don't mention that this is a bit of a spoiler. They don't mention Van Helsing that whole thing until the final episode of the first season. She's just a woman called Vanessa. She doesn't even have the same surname. she just wants to get her she just wants to get her kid but the the way the whole production works and the way the whole thing's framed I mean it's completely different from one interrupt in that it's it's really serious it's it's really played straight. And it's all about this small group of people trying to stay alive while there's this vampire shit going on outside, this like zombie apocalypse-style stuff going on outside. And the first four or five episodes are all about this disparate group of – it's basically Walking Dead stuff. It's this disparate group of survivors um, who don't trust each other, stuck in this place. Some of them want to go out to um some of them want to go out to try and find help outside the city somewhere some of them want to push the army guy out because like they don't trust him and all of that sort of stuff and the first series was really weird because you're thinking well it's such a stupid premise but it's it's basically at least as good as the walking dead is at this point basically that's, which I know I mean, isn't that, much of a thing to say
0: i was gonna say that's not that's not a rousing endorsement of a show it because I've given up on the Walking
1: Dead. Yeah, so. yeah, us too. Um, no, but I good. mean, but I mean, I was surprised, and I think maybe it's because they're sci-fi shows, and my expectations were really low. But I was surprised by both of those shows because they're such similar premises on paper, but they're such completely different shows, and they both look slightly different from everything else that's on telly. Because I mean, I, I watch all of the CW shows, and well, I don't watch all of them. I watch the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, and and it's fun. But all of those shows are the same show, basically. They all look roughly the same. They all feel roughly the same. And um, and both Van, Van, Vanessa Helsing, Van Helsing and one owner up are completely, they've got their flaws, but they're at least a bit different. It's quite fun to watch them because yeah. you really don't know what's going to happen at any point.
0: Folks, sorry to cut the conversation off in the middle of a thought, but as it turns out, Nick and I can talk quite a lot. And due to that, and the fact that I'm having some problems with editing, I've decided to split this episode into two. So the next one should be out within about a week or so. But in the meantime, if you want to follow Nick or myself uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Nicksite for Nick N I X S I G H T and Stacey's Parlor for me S T A C E Y S P A R. L-O-U-R. I had a proper brain fart about how to spell that then which is why it came out real funny you can also join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group to come talk nonsense about pop culture with us or follow me at StaceBobT on Instagram for photos of nerdy things and my dinners and my stupid face I think that's about it if you want to leave a review on iTunes or Podchaser or any other place that you can find that you can leave reviews that would be lovely but otherwise, I will see you soon. Toodle-oo.